Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, October 14th. LA Galaxy back in action this weekend. That's right. You actually get a Saturday night home game. By the way, there's another one coming too. Wonders never cease. We're going to get you ready for the for the LA Galaxy hosting Portland Timbers. A big game. Some people are calling it must win. Those people don't know how to do math, but we're going to get you ready for it anyway. A uh, whole bunch of stuff. Greg Vanny had a press conference today. Sasha Kleshin talks some, talk some sense as Sasha Kleshin normally does. We have the 22 under 22 list that we want to cover a little bit and one of the LA Galaxy's players is eligible for the National Soccer Hall of Fame. We're going to start with that one and get you rocking and rolling to help me do all that. He's back. He's in action. It's Eric, the Portuguese hammer beer. Eric, how's it going, buddy? Buenas noches, damas y caballeros. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that. For, for how long? Eric, Eric Diz, yeah, for about 10 minutes. Okay. I, but... I, I, I did look it up because I wanted to give a full speech, but I guess... Uh, Disney no longer has that announcement. I would guess Damas y Caballeros is not a, it's not, not an invoke term anymore. But uh, um, in, aside from the point, right. excited to be here playing the role of Eric Fiera tonight. I saw that in the chat. Yes, yes. I, I like to announce it like it's a Broadway show. Like there's you yeah. know, somebody's <laughs> playing the part of Josh Gessman tonight is William Shatner. Hey, hey, Bill, <laughs> up in the space and back. That was kind of cool, too. I don't know if everybody that, saw that. That was interesting, yeah. There was a, there was a, I forget who it was, maybe Ricky Gervais, I think put out, he said that, um, whenever, uh, whenever Shatner goes up, uh, whenever, uh, uh, William Shatner goes up that whenever he comes back down, um, that everybody should dress up as planet of the apes, uh, characters like oh, that, you know, like he, he lands and everybody's like, oh, look, we're all... I thought that would have been funny too. So <laughs> anyway, William good Shatner. times. Yeah. Good times. Nice. And we're off the rails again, Jeff Bezos, William Shatner. Damas y Caballeros. We're, we're all over the place. I love it. Some of the, it must be Thursday. Some of the first Spanish I ever learned, besides the curse words, because um, a lot of my uh, uh, teammates on on my soccer team spoke Spanish, um, so all the curse words, um, was uh, obviously the, the Matterhorn, uh, you know, and and remain seated, please. Semenes ser sentados, por favor. You know, that's type of things. I don't, and I don't even know if I say that correctly, but in my mind, I do, <laughs> and it sounds wonderful. Um, you know, also, those. yes. Also an excellent part of the No Doubt debut album or i don't know if that was their debut album but when no doubt was hot in the late 90s they had a terminate sarah sentados por favor can we can we sound any wider when we say it because i think 
I can't. <laughs> I'm I'm at peak whiteness That's whenever I try to say for. anything in Spanish. I like the hue, the the saturation level goes all the way to the to the white side on that one. So uh, uh, glad we're doing it. I, I told you that really tonight I am excited to be here, and obviously uh, the Dodgers are playing um, in uh, in in their playoff game against San Francisco in a deciding game. Dodgers up one nothing right now in the middle of the sixth. Not that you, if you're listening on the podcast, you care, but the people listening in the chat room might care. The three or four people who are here because the Dodgers are playing and everything else. But I told you before, I actually wanted to, I, I, I wanted to do the show tonight. Please, please don't misunderstand. My wife is watching a show that looked really stupid until I walked by and this one girl punched another girl. And now I'm pretty much obsessed with that and only that. So if you see me, you know, sort of zoning out, it's because I'm texting or asking who hit somebody and that type of thing. So. <laughs> There we go. That's that's a natural progression. Uh, I call that the the husbands of Real Housewives of New York theory. You know, you, you first walk by, you say this is ridiculous. Yes. Then you say, wait, wait, who did she throw the drink at? Yeah. And then like, I can't believe that she didn't invite her to the birthday party. It's just, it's a very gradual progression, but we've all been there. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. All right. Uh, LA Galaxy getting back in action, uh, training this week. Although, if you listen to Greg Vanny, and we'll have some some sound from Greg Vanny, we'll have some sound from Sasha Kluschen. Um, If you listen to Greg, he's not exactly thrilled about the fact that he has all these international players that were gone and that they were trying. But at the same time, Greg and Dennis, you guys put the roster together. So that way you could have these guys and then you knew they were national team players. And now when they go, I don't know, like, who are you blaming? Are you looking around me like, you know, who, which which of us picked all these guys to be on the national team? <laughs> um, it, it was interesting. Somebody in our discord was talking about Bruce Arena and Bruce has this this tendency, Eric, to pick very good players, but players that maybe aren't national team players, like not quite, obviously Matt Turner's in there, but it's not like he has, you know, 14 guys that usually disappear and, and go away. And there's some advantage to that whenever you think about sort of national team players. So like in MLS, remember you get punished for picking national team players. No other league do you get punished really for picking national team players, um, but you will in major league soccer. So the better your players are that you're able to fit under the salary cap, the more punishment you get because they're going to leave in windows that MLS closes its eyes and like plugs its ears and says, what, what we're no, we're playing, we're playing. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. There's a whole, there's a whole science to all this. And I think again, it's why it's so important to have people who understand major league soccer and all the intricacies, right? Uh, Gamera Bershkoloto, maybe not so understanding of some of that stuff. Dennis DeClosa, I think a little more. I think it helps with Greg Vanny. I think that they make a good partnership. I'll tell you right now that I currently see no way and no path forward for the LA Galaxy to keep Dennis DeClosa, and nor do I think they want to. Um, so if everybody was, wow. you know, if everybody's sort that's, of holding their breath. Bomb. I don't know if it's a truth. I think we've been talking about it, right? We've been sort mm -hmm. of hinting at that. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I'm, I'm just saying I don't see a way, Eric, right now, currently, as everything is set up for the LA Galaxy to... Um, you know, to 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 continue to have Dennis DeClosa in there. Uh, by the way, bad news: uh, Giants tie the game, home run. So oh, notice that one one bottom of six. Um, <laughs> the so, beauty of is is the the people listening on Friday morning and they're like, yeah, we know, yeah, we know. So we saw, but you get to see the heartache of of, uh, of the chat go off as as that happens. It so. is it is fun times. I do like seeing the emotion pour out of you know the AOL chat room that's to our left. It reminds you of an AOL chat room, doesn't not? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> Just, I'm just checking. You're taking us way back. What? Well, hey, I tried to pick up many a many a young lady in in my high school oh, years no. uh, in the in the AOL chats. All right, I'm not saying it ever went <laughs> you, particularly well, but you know, it was. Yeah. It, I tried. I tried. You were not a, not a stranger from the ASL uh, acronym there. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, fair enough. So, <sighs> Dennis, the closer you you really think there's 
it's just not going to happen. It's unfortunate because I think you were talking about it. I don't know if it was with with Christian or with Sophie. Um, you know, you were saying how you know he really has his finger on the pulse of the academy and kind of all of the other workings. So keeping him around would really be beneficial. Um, but but it's unfortunate because I think Greg, especially with the signings that were brought in this season, you think okay he has his fingerprint on the first team. But we know that being a general manager of the LA Galaxy, it's so much more than the first team. And so having uh, a two-headed monster in there, I feel like it's it's so much better. But but you're right, there are a lot of tea leaves to be read that it looks like it's that's not going to be the direction the Galaxy are going. Uh, you know, Ari says if DTK leaves, uh, you know, we, and he's talking about the Galaxy, take a step backwards. Who would possibly replace him? Well, they're going to give Greg Vanny both jobs. And, and listen, there are some very successful coaches, and we've talked about it, Bruce Arena. Um, is a very successful coach as a GM. I'm gonna. I, I've talked. I think it was with Sophie, but I talked and, and said about this. The reason that Bruce is so successful as a GM and a coach is because he piles everybody underneath him that can do the jobs that he needs to have done. So Cardinalfo, who everybody remembers as Galaxy fans, does a tremendous amount of work for New England and helps Bruce out with a lot of that stuff. So Bruce is able to keep track of the academy because Kurt is able to keep track of the academy for him and to, you know, the second team stuff, all those things Then he's So he gets help. And so he creates strong organizations. Peter Vermees, I believe is the same way. I don't have as intricate a view as, as, as some, but um, I've talked to other people and they're like, no, it is, is, you know, Vermees is at the top and every decision rolls through him. But you have to imagine that underneath him is all these people who, that he trusts to do the job. The problem is who the LA Galaxy do you trust to do these jobs and the bottom line is if you lose somebody like Dennis DeClosa it doesn't feel like you're going to be backfilled with somebody who who can do all that stuff or you're losing manpower it doesn't feel like you're gaining any manpower and that maybe Greg Vanny goes on a hiring spree gets a whole bunch of people underneath him but remember there's no academy director right now so you're you already don't have that if Dennis leaves now you have now you have all of the progress that was made with the academy over the last three years since Dennis sort of came in and I believe stabilized some things and I think we've seen that with contracts that all goes away all the relationships that Dennis DeClosa built all goes away all the good will that we seem to have seen develop within the academy system and with you know LA Galaxy 2 and the contracts and the progressions and all that stuff you you lose some of that um, and so it, I mean, super interesting off season sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, my, my, my counterpoint, I'm going to zag a little bit in the zag. other direction here, Yes. just because, um, if we're, if we're honest about it, you know, I know we're Dennis is a friend of the show and, and we're very complimentary of him. And I think he has pushed the organization in the right direction and has his finger on the pulse. Like I mentioned on a lot of different, uh, you know, areas. And I think he, he is doing a, a good job, but the counterpoint, if we are being honest is that. The Galaxy, while having taken a step forward, they maybe, with the signings that they've brought in, haven't knocked it 100% out of the park. There's been a lot of misses as well. We've been rebuilding our backline for the last four or five years. We just can't seem to get it right. And part of that falls on the general manager as well. So not just bringing in loaning signings, uh, you know, bringing in someone with stability and making sure that it's the right pick. We haven't necessarily hit it out of the park with that backline. And then Chicharito you know, whether you love him or hate him, you know, it was a very expensive signing. Uh, it's, it was beneficial at the beginning of the year this year, but there was also a poor season the year before. There's also his age. He's not someone who's a, a long-term, uh, you know, project for the LA Galaxy. So you think, yes, Dennis has moved the club forward, but maybe it's not, you know, moving as far as it could be. There's more potential there. So if Greg is under the helm and he does want to backfill or bring a sentence so or assistance, so he's still at the helm, and maybe there's not a quote-unquote general manager, but he has assistants that are are helping him out. Maybe not all is lost. It's not 
the worst thing in the world. So I just want to go the other direction because I don't want us because I, I do see it in the chat and I think it's important to point out just because if, if DTK does leave, it is a blow in my opinion and I think in your opinion as well. But it doesn't mean that the, the club is going to go back, uh, you know, to the dark ages. There is a foundation that is moving in the right direction. I think, you know, Greg Vanny has shown in other clubs that he's, he's capable. Is it ideal for from our perspective? Probably not. But I don't think, um, you know, I don't think we need to say the sky is falling just yet. One, he's not gone. <laughs> and two, um, we don't we don't know what the replacement will be or what what the vision is. Or you what mentioned the structure the is. Director. Yeah, what, what the structure the, is. You know, yeah. maybe Greg Vanny has once, you know, a certain person in charge of the academy and maybe he wants a certain direction or a certain style of play. So maybe it's best that he makes that decision if he's going to be funneling everyone eventually through the first team. So maybe he does have a vision and something in place. So let's not throw it all out the window. It's a gamble you know, though. We're not, we're not on fire yet, but it is a gamble. You're it, getting, you're, you're hitting reset. You're hitting reset on something that maybe you have hit reset on many times before and you have seen positive results. Listen, I mean, you have to go back and I think you should, you know, Gamma Bear was not a home run for Dennis DeClosa. That's a, that's a swing and a miss for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was also right whenever he got brought in, his job was like to find a coach, find a coach now. So, um, yeah. you know, there's, there's some of that stuff that, that, that was a swing and miss. It didn't work. And that was the thing you talk, you talk, right. They have not hit on all the things you talk about rebuilding the back line. The galaxy have been rebuilding the back line since Bruce Arena left in 2016. Yeah. Um, so all the GMs, everybody has failed basically at doing that. And at the same time, we've also sort of hinted, it's not always the back line. How many defenders can you buy before you realize it's not always the back line? And so that's part of it too, is what are you going to do with the midfield? And I'll say that I think up until this point, the midfield has been fairly locked up in sort of this, you know, long contracts and, you know, you can't move Jonathan. Jonathan Dos Santos is gone at the end of this year for, you know, there's, I can see very little pathways to keeping him, but that opens up a designated player spot. That gives you a chance really to get another player um, who can really affect this team. And so, you know, if, if Greg Vanny's in charge of that, then listen, Greg is a perfectly capable person. And I think that you could do a lot worse than having him as GM. I'm just, I do not think that in 2021 and in major league soccer that you can have Eric, um, that you can have one guy do it all. I don't. And, you know, again, we can we can talk about the outliers, but the outliers are few and far between. Um, Now, there's a lot of GMs that are struggling at all sorts of clubs. Uh, Major League Soccer is very unforgiving. Um, So it's it's certainly one of those things that you have to balance and sort of look at. I'm just saying that uh, the Galaxy, you're taking a huge gamble, because if you say that they made step forward, this year, which I will say they made step forwards this year. I think they have the right coach in place with Greg Vanny. Um, I think they have some personnel that they can carry over and work towards. And I think next year they're not going to have 17 new players to try to work into things. And that's a, and I think the players are good enough, Eric, that you're going to be able to work with them and get them to a point where, um, where you can, you know, you can get them. So get So I, I think all of that is a positive, but if you decide to get rid of Dennis DeClosa, if you move him away and your team takes a step backwards, that's you had you had it moving in the right direction and you decided to stop that momentum to do this. So um, huge, huge gamble and quite honestly puts a bunch of people's jobs on the line. I honestly think that if you keep Dennis DeClosa, if you're um, an upper level executive, you know, either uh, either a Beckerman or a Klein in this, that that provides you some cover. Um, it's Operation Human Shield. It is. And partially. And, and I think Christian's made this point before and Sophie's made it as well. Um, and again, I just like shouting them out because I do love hearing them when they're on the show. 
But, you know, Dennis does a great job of being the person in front of the message. He's the one, you know, making podcast appearances, addressing, you know, the the journalists and kind of he's that first line of defense. So you're right. It does provide a little bit of cover. And, uh, you know, if he does go and Greg Vanny is the one in charge, it leaves him exposed. There's one less layer. Uh, you know, if they do take a step backward, if there's some more misses, he, there's only there's only one person in charge. There's only one person to blame uh, when it goes wrong as well. So uh, you're right. If, if, if they're looking out for their own job, it doesn't hurt to have a little buffer in between as well. But um, you know, just, it sounds like uh, things, I don't know that they've soured, but it just seems like it's not a, it's, it seems like it just, it is what it is. It's like a default decision. It's like they're falling into this, right? Dennis close has an extension, blah, 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 the whole deal. And so if you don't extend him, then he goes away and everybody knows that. And so, I mean, just really interesting. Keep, keep your eye on that. Keep watching. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on that, but I was just, I was thinking, I was thinking about this stuff and whenever I think about it and then I start, you know, I'm in the shower in the morning, good visual in the shower in the morning going, you know, what's what's going to happen next year? And I'm thinking about next year because everybody I talk to is thinking about next year. Right. And it's not that they've written this year off. It's just that's what you do is you have to plan for next year. So what's happening next year um, for the L.A. Galaxy? And 2022 is a very important season. Um, and so, you know, again, you just have to sort of watch that. So, so let's let's move on from that. Um, I want to talk about some good stuff. Uh, a legend. And it's funny because we talk about the National Hall of Fame, which is in Dallas. Eric, you, you yeah. visited not too long ago. I, you know, if, if you're in the Dallas area, if you're near Frisco, Texas, five dollars on a Wednesday will get you into the National Hall Soccer Hall of Fame. And uh, I actually had, I had a great time. Did it's, it's well done. There's a virtual experience. They scan your face. So every time you walk up to an exhibit, you get to interact with all the, the screens there. And someone who's featured in the National Hall Soccer Hall of Fame already Robbie Keane, you can scroll through MLS and MLS Cups and see his his name pop up already. Uh, so it's just a matter of making it official uh, this year. So you know, I feel like he's deserving. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes with the eligible candidates. But uh, National Soccer Hall of Fame, don't sleep on it. It's a fun time. Yeah, it, it should be uh, should be interesting to see sort of how it goes. First year year of player eligibility for uh, Clint Dempsey for uh, Yale Averbush, uh, Brad Evans, and Robbie Keane. It's interesting, again, the National Hall of Fame, it's the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame, whenever you think about it. But Robbie Keane played a big part of that with the LA Galaxy playing for MLS. So you sit there and look at this. Robbie Keane should be, I imagine, a first ballot vote in, um, as is Clint Dempsey. Um, you know, the the other two first years in, in Evans, um, I can understand why some people would vote him in. I don't have a vote, so don't don't take this as anything. I'm not I'm not tipping my, my votes. Um, uh, so just understand, you know, the, that sort of things. So I think that it's really a, a cool thing to, to sit there and you wonder there's there's certain number of years after retirement before you can be considered yeah. for this, that type of thing, which is why Landon Donovan hasn't been there yet. Relax. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. First ballot unanimous. <laughs> all right. So um, which, I think and I think Clint Dempsey probably gets first ballot unanimous as well. I don't yeah. I don't see anybody voting against Clint Dempsey. I would vote for him in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. The, the correlation that I make, I think this year's uh, inductees, Jaime Moreno was in that class. So he's someone, again, not an American, but when you think of the early years of MLS, he's someone who really, you know, torched the league, scored a lot of goals. And so I think that's the type of player who you see it had a great impact on the league and on the, the sport and the country. And Robbie Keane fits right in there. Once he got into the league, scored a tons of, ton of, ton of goals, won MLS cups, has the resume, has the history, you know, fully deserving. I, I would imagine he gets in. Clinton Dempsey, I think that's a no brainer for, first ballot. If you caught me, uh, on, on the right time, on the right day, uh, you know, sometime between 2015 and 20, uh, you know, 2016, I would have said that he's probably one of the, 
probably the greatest uh, to ever wear, one of the most the most talented U.S. soccer player that's ever played on the national team. Uh, obviously, Landon Donovan has more longevity, more uh, you know more stats to back it up. But Clint Dempsey's right there as like a one B in my opinion. He's right there next to Landon Donovan, so I think he's a no brainer. The other two, um, again. <laughs> I don't want to despair. If, if you had a career, long career like uh, Brad Evans you know, played for a Brad long Evans time. Brad Evans and Yale, Yale, great, great. But if we're talking about the Hall of Fame, there's a reason why it's the Hall of Fame. You need to separate at a certain point, and, and so I, I just don't know how I feel about the. I, again, I not to say that they haven't accomplished anything, right. but if you're gonna, if we're talking Hall of Fame all-time greats, Clint Dempsey, Robbie Keane, you hear those names. There's a separation between the other two names on that list as well, and it's clear. So. Uh, you know, maybe they still get in because it's, you know, it's all based on votes and people who make those decisions. But I think when you look at that list, there's a very clear separation on, you know, who, who's legendary and had a major impact on the game. And then maybe some people who just, you know, had some nice careers, but maybe aren't worthy of that Hall of Fame distinction. Again, here I am. I, you, you, you back me in both sides, to, both sides to, to bad mouthing somebody, <laughs> no, to bad mouthing somebody. I'm basically saying they're they're a step below. Yes. And I'll stand by that. Okay. I'll wear it. You, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, you, you do you. I don't want to, I don't want to make anybody upset. I don't want, you know, it's, uh, I just wanted to say Robbie Keane gets in. That's all. I mean, and I don't think that that's a, you know, a controversial statement. So we'll just, we'll leave it at that one and, and, and sort of move on. But anyway, that'll come up in 2022. So the voting won't happen until uh, 2022, but they put the ballot out there. Robbie Keane's on the ballot. I expect him to get in. That'll be something that yeah, everybody can look forward to in 2022. Let's talk about the LA Galaxy's uh, players out on international duty because they are quote unquote all back in. Greg Vandy said all the players would be returning today. Some of them have already returned. Um, and I think he said basically all the players are back today and, you know, like guys like Sebastian Jonathan Dos Santos didn't check in. They'll check in tomorrow, but they're back here in L.A., so um, they're there. But uh, some interesting uh, things that we talked to Greg Vanny about. We'll get into some of his stuff as well. Let's talk about Danilo Acosta. Didn't dress in uh, Honduras's 2-0 loss to Jamaica. Uh, did not play, did not dress. So he's available, or he would be, except he's in quarantine coming back. So um, him coming back to play with the L.A. Galaxy means that he will not be available this weekend because he's in quarantine for um, for that reason. There was only one other player who was also in quarantine and cannot play and cannot. And they were actually playing, quote unquote, playing against each other, except that Danilo Acosta didn't play. Um, O'Neill Fisher for Jamaica. O'Neill Fisher started 90 minutes two nothing win over Honduras at Honduras. He scored a goal. Uh, oh, first international goal it's yeah. a, <laughs> and a nice a, a nice goal nice cut inside a nice yeah. right-footed rocket into the far so everything about it was was very nice and so you're saying if you're greg vanny you're like oh man this is a guy who's feeling it now maybe it's time to get him into the game he's quarantined he won't be available for the game this weekend so uh, <laughs> i don't i don't i don't want to uh yeah. I don't want to speculate on any of this, but not everybody yeah. has to go through quarantine just to sort of keep your eyes on that. Everybody else yeah. will be available. Um, it, all the internationals are coming back will be available for Saturday. So uh, Nico Hamelainen played, uh, let's see, 120 minutes total. Uh, they uh, Finland beat Kazakhstan uh, two nothing. So that was that was good. And he played the full 90 minutes in that game. Uh, you had Sebastian Legette. This is <laughs> Sebastian Legette. Jonathan Dos Santos are interesting ones. Let me come back to them. So. Uh, yeah. uh, Ryan Revelison uh, played for Madagascar. Greg Vanny actually shouted them out and said Ryan was happy to be back. And I think Ryan was actually back on Tuesday because they played last game on Sunday. So by the time he made all his flights and got back, he's been back and training with the with the club. Uh, he will be available, but they won. 
uh, Madagascar did against the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, and they won one nothing, and that goal was scored in like the first two or three minutes, if I remember correctly, saw that. So um, they won. He was happy. He was excited. And he's back training. Ravelison last time was one of the guys who had to be quarantined whenever he came back. He is not under that quarantine this time and will be available to play. So again, if you're keeping track of everything and trying to do the math in your head, I think you can understand where everybody is. But again, fully vaccinated players are usually not subject to quarantine unless there's a positive test of some sort um, in order to do that. That's generally the rules. And so that's you can you can do with it. I, I don't want to yeah. shout people and, out, but you I'm, you can connect <laughs> dots here. So correct. And, and if there was a positive, you know, an exposure of contact tracing, you hear about it from those camps, from those national teams and you haven't. So you can make your assumptions probably pretty safely and that's okay. The, the one thing that I will say, there's one more um, World Cup qualifying cycle and that's going to be in November. Now, the question is going to be, is that going to affect the Galaxy or is that not? Because oh. it goes to November, so the Galaxy have to make the playoffs. So if they do happen to make the playoffs, then these are players you know that you need to keep track of with Danilo Acosta and O'Neill Fisher. Uh, again, when we look at the amount of minutes that they've played and the amount of games that they started, them not necessarily you know being back on track or being dressed for this round you know obviously with O'Neill Fisher scoring you would think okay it'd be nice to have him in the lineup you know now he's feeling it and he's kind of in form feeling good so it's unfortunate that it doesn't work out but given the history of the Galaxy and what they've done this season those aren't huge misses for the Galaxy so if they do make the playoffs and those are still the only two players that they have to worry about not being back from quarantine as they go into a, a one-round elimination game that's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, so it kind of gives you a little bit of a, a heads up uh, of what's going to happen leading into the next window, which could potentially lead into uh, the playoffs. Now let's talk about the uh, two biggest quote unquote stars that are off on international duty for the LA Galaxy, Sebastian Jet with the United States, Jonathan Dos Santos with Mexico. Uh, let's go Jonathan Dos Santos first, because this is, I think, a, a little bit more interesting. We can we can talk about Legette here in a second. But Jonathan Dos Santos uh, did not play in the first game. He was on the bench, uh, did not play in the second game didn't dressed, didn't dress at all, and did not play in the third game. So he went three games, didn't play a single minute while he was gone the whole time. He was on the bench for the last game. Um, I, you know, I tried to sort of pick Greg Vanny's head without knowing exactly how to word my question, but it, it's, is that okay? Are you happy about that or not? He said, you know, you look at Jonathan Dos Santos and ha you know he didn't play. You know he's chomping at the bit to get back and get ready to play and blah, 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 the whole deal. So, um, you know, maybe there's some some uh, motivation there for, for Jonathan Dos Santos. Mm -hmm. Now, you say that, but it's not a good sign. And by the way, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody who's watched them play with the LA Galaxy either. Yeah, and this is the writing that's been on the wall all season long. Uh, and it happened earlier in the season because I think you sent a text that <laughs> the Galaxy's first game was like, 35,000 days ago or something like that. It was something crazy. But basically, it feels like a long time since the season started. But at the start of the season, uh, Sebastian Legette and Jonathan Dos Santos were away with their national teams, and they were getting key minutes, and they were contributing to their national teams. Legette has, was scoring goals and assisting on goals, and he'd say, okay, well, he's in good form with the national team. Maybe he could bring that back to the Galaxy. Same thing with Jonathan Dos Santos. He was getting called in, playing crucial minutes, you know, kind of help being a spark plug for his team, and it, it was all gravy. When they came back, for the galaxy, you say, okay, they didn't, that form didn't necessarily transfer. They haven't been, you know, lighting the field on fire, both for Jet and Dos Santos with their plan, but they were still getting those national team call ups and still performing at the national team. Then, as the season goes on, we've now run into a major cold streak with the LA Galaxy. Jonathan Dos Santos has been nowhere to be found. Sebastian Legit 
you know, with his past selection, just doesn't have that same bite, that same grit, that player that we saw, you know, come over uh, was in 2015 when, when he arrived scoring goals and just having that sizzle that, that doesn't seem to be part of his game anymore. Right. And so now they're on a down streak. Their form isn't there. They get called up and now their form isn't even working on their national teams. So legit didn't look like the same. He didn't, he didn't oh, national team legit didn't show up for the national team. Right. Galaxy legit show team and Dos Santos didn't even, you know, dress. So I'm sure he dressed that he yeah. just didn't, you know, get dressed to play the he, game. He so dressed twice. I just want to make that distinction as well. Yeah. So he wore his clothes. Yes. And again, just not the Mexico uniform to enter the game. That's my pan, my dad joke of the day. Good. We're going to get there. Again, that didn't go well. No, it's okay. It's, it's but, fine. Uh, David in the <laughs> chat room says, you know, a bunch of pl- Mexico players didn't play a single minute in those three games. Here's the problem though. Jonathan Dos Santos was getting playing time before he was. And he, and by the way, he was performing actually just fine with Mexico. Um, that being said, you know, something has to, you know, legit played himself out of that third game. Plus I think with Greg Berhalter rotating and you see Greg Berhalter's rhythm and his substitutions and sort of how he's trying to go about these games is different than other people in, in Con- I think it's the, if, if you're watching CONCACAF qualifying, um, because you have a team in it, it's, I think the most interesting thing is to watch how teams prioritize the games because there's three and that three of three game, like we've seen in major league soccer is a disaster of a game. It's a horrible game. If you watch the U S play Costa Rica, um, Costa Rica came out and like was able to run for about 10 minutes in that game. They didn't rotate any of their players and they just disappeared. And you can listen, it's good for the United States. They rotated, but you know, that hurt them in the second game. But then this is the same thing that you have to look for in what Greg Vanny is trying to do. Christian and I tried to talk on Monday about rotation, how you need to rotate. But if you catch somebody in a mid rotation, it seems like in CONCACAF that they're going for the first two games. Most teams are saying we're not rotating at all and we're just going, you know, balls to the wall for the first two games and getting a result. You saw that with Panama. You saw what happened there. And you're like, okay, that's that makes some sense to that. But meanwhile, Burhalter saying I'm going to prioritize my home games and I'm going to rotate in the second game. So that way I can have fresh legs in the third game also to, to do that. Having these juxtapositions is really what's happening in major league soccer too. So, you know, yeah. th- it's going to happen this week, Eric, because Portland is on Saturday, right? And then the galaxy head off to Houston and then it's Dallas, right? So you get these games rapid fire all coming. Where does Greg Vanny put the priority priority? How do you rotate? How do you not rotate this? All this is super interesting soccer stuff for me. I don't know. It's yeah. I, this is the soccer nerd. Uh, uh, well, I was going to say, there's nobody happier than you right now because you have been shouting from the rooftops schedule. Hey, this is game three of three. And everyone says, oh, come on. Every team's doing game three of three. These are professional players. Uh, But you see with the World Cup cycle, you run into the same problem. You're right. Costa Rica, uh, you know, after the first 25 minutes or so, they they were done. And so looking back to the last El Trafico, that second half was just abysmal. And so it was because that was game three at three. And so that's what happens when you put your starters in for a certain amount of time. Uh, you know, they tail off towards the end. So, it, you know, you're justified in seeing some of that rotation, uh, especially midweek if it's away and you have the benefit of that being the case, then then you can understand why that rotation is happening happier. So I'm, I'm sure you feel very justified that that's, that that's what's being mirrored by Berhalter and a lot of the teams that are getting success there and and you you see where it's going so you we'll see if the galaxy prioritize but because it's the same thing if you win your games at home you're in good shape that that's really all you need to do you hope for you know some points on the road some draws it's it's gonna you're gonna get those bounces but you can't count on it but if you prioritize all your home games you really put all your focus 
you should be in good shape. That's really where your your bread is buttered. And then if you have a veteran team like Seattle, you can do both because you can say, well, yeah. we'll, ro- we'll rotate in the second game a little bit and we'll still win that game. Not a problem because they have smart teams who know how to play. There is. Well, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and you have a coach who's been there for a long time. So you have stability of a system where anyone who comes in that that system's already been rolling, you know, that they know how, how, what, what Schmetzer likes. And so, you know, it's, it's easier to plug in when you have someone who's still trying in a first year to implement it. It's a little harder to do that. When you have someone who's been there, has that longevity, has a pedigree, it makes it easier to everyone for everyone to know exactly what their job is. Uh, especially when you see a lot of those same names, I think at the beginning of the season, we we're saying Seattle, are, are they going to do it again? It's these, this, the same names and faces. And obviously, you know, Jordan Morris and, and Ladero, those they've had those injuries and they haven't been there, but you know, you still see a lot of those familiar names and they're the ones who are getting it done. And, and it's, I think it is because of that stability and that structure that's there. Portland has some of that. And that's one of the reasons yeah, Portland well, it's is. Yeah, yeah, right. And so so you're starting to see that build with them too. Uh, and Portland's been on fire. We'll talk about them here in a little bit. Uh, let's get to Greg Vanny, a little bit of the press conference today. Uh, so again, uh, as far as availability, everybody who's back from international is available except for Acosta and Fisher. They will not be available for the game. As far as injuries go, and I'll give you that update now, Williams is available, has been back in the mix. Whenever they say back in the mix, it means he's been 100% participant in training. So you would expect, I would expect to see Williams start coming up or it's tough because he hasn't had a lot of game minutes, but at the same time, the galaxy want him. So I imagine he starts in this game. Yeah. Um, I think the way, the way the galaxy defense has been uh, unreliable. I think even though he is coming back from injury, I think a change is you need, you need a spark. You need something different in there. And I think you put Williams in there just if for nothing else to mix thing up, things up to have a healthy body. Uh, and again, it's against Portland. So when yeah. you think about Derek Williams in Portland, there's just that extra little, yeah, little know. spice that's there. You know, the, you and we we talk about mind games and things going on that might just be in the back of Portland's head. So I, I think it would be a smart move uh, to have him start this game. Williams and Stairs start, and that's that's how it runs through the rest of the season. We'll see about that. I, let's see if let's see if I'm if Greg and I are on the same <laughs> wavelength. We haven't. I'm, I'm been. on board with you there. I, we haven't been, but uh, that's okay. Um. So and then the other injury is Jorge Viafanyu, who has the bone bruise. Remember a hyperextended knee that that led to contact with the bones and then the bone bruise still not hundred percent uh, still working to get him back, still recovering, hoping to get him back and sort of flowing in the next couple of weeks. So Jorge Viafania not available, which means Nico Hamelinen will be starting at left back, which means Portland will have an avenue to attack on that on their right hand side, the galaxy's left hand side. Nico Hamelinen tends to get caught in defense and in transition. So that's going to be a problem, which means that Derek Williams is going to slide over. He's going to open up stuff in the middle. I can already see the cascading events that happen to a goal. So it'll slide over. They'll get stretched thin. Two guys will come down through the center. Uh, Araujo will have been pushed up the field. So he'll be working back, but probably won't get there in time. Stairs will be left covering two guys and it'll be over. Um, so that's how, say, why do we have, why do we have to watch the game? You ready? You're, you've already <laughs> forecasting it. You know it, exactly what's going to happen. It's, it's such a, it, it's, it's been such a predictable pre- play. And it's one of the reasons that like, if you're, if you're Vanny in this, I mean, you almost tell Nico, just you're a defender. You don't get into the offense. Just stay back, be somewhat more conservative, but That's, he, he does get forward and that is his, yeah. he's better there than he is on defense. So do you, you play, I know, Hey, this is what coaches have to figure out. Right. I mean, you know, I was going to say, at the end of the game, don't you want to have more balls in the back of the net than they do? So you need to press forward a little bit to make that happen. If so, the, the Galaxy uh, need to score first, Eric. They need to score, which means they have to keep the other team from he, scoring. So tell Nico he's not means, allowed to go forward until no. the Galaxy score first. 
No, Nico Hamalainen <laughs> needs to be involved in the offense. He needs to be whipping those balls in. Oh, Chicharito. Nikki. Getting those headers practiced in. Uh, Spectrum's Nikki K was on the call today. She was asking um, Greg about, you know, sort of what's been happening over the last 14 days. So I figured I'd give you this uh, roughly two minutes from Greg Vanny about what they did over this time. You can sort of, I think you can hear some of Greg's frustration in it as well. But here's Greg Vanny from earlier today uh, talking to uh, to the media about what they did during this, uh, these 14 days that he's had off. So much time. So much time to have. Yeah, we we gave them uh, a couple days off at the beginning and a couple days off uh, sort of after five days of training. And they had a couple days and then we go through our normal full day, four day preparation uh, for the match that's coming up uh, on the weekend. Uh, so well, we did. A, we emphasized, again, based off of who we had and, and the numbers, we emphasized just some flat out, just some competition and some playing and, and trying to keep that level high. Um we also worked on some stuff on the attacking side in front of the goal, just some of the final passing, some of the timing, some of our movement, uh, you know, getting runners to the right spots, trying to connect our runners and our and our crossers and, and our final passers uh, to try to improve upon that timing so we can uh, create better and more dangerous chances. Um, and of course, we spent, as always, a little bit of time on the defending side of things. And anytime you're doing attacking and you're working around the box, you're going to do that against defenders. So we you know, we were working on some defending stuff there. What was tough to work on was anything that was really collective that involved 11 players or involved, uh, you know, larger number opposition just because we just didn't have the numbers. And it doesn't help us that the USL team is playing every two or three days, right now, every three days right now either. So it's not like we can bring those guys in. So we didn't get into a much of, of the larger number stuff. So we tried to break down scenarios in different areas of the field and tried to, to work through as much detail on that as we could. All right, there you go. A little Greg Vanny uh, talking uh, to the media today. So again, I, I thought it was super interesting. He talks even about LA Galaxy 2 in their hammer. He's saying, you know, the USL team's playing, so we can't even scrimmage yeah. them. And <laughs> they have been having scrimmages, and we know. But, he, you know, he talked about not getting more than like, you know, 13, 12 players. I mean, as much as we look at these breaks and we say, oh, it's a time for the Galaxy to work on stuff, it's not. And they lose a lot of that whenever they're not able to do the things that they're supposed to do. A uh, little update, by the way, 1-1 top of eighth uh, for the Dodgers yeah. and, and the Giants. Gonna, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking ourselves into a walk-off for, uh, for the division series here. It should, should be fun times, hopefully, yeah. uh, for our side and not the other side there. But, uh, but I will say something, yeah. going back to something that Greg said, um, you know, we worked on some things defensively. So when you think about, you know, where has been kind of the chaos in the galaxy need that stability, it's Derek Williams, Daniel Stairs, Sega Kulabali, and Nick DePew. They weren't gone on international duty. They were there. So hopefully whatever discussions and over trainings were going on, you know, they they had some time to kind of gel and get on the same page. Uh, obviously he was talking about, you know, some of the attacking pieces and crossers. Uh, and all I heard was Nico Hamalainen needs to cross the ball in the middle. That's all I heard. <laughs> That's what you uh, heard He's talking that. about his crossers. Uh, so, but, so, you know, obviously that part I think has been there and we've talked about it with the galaxy in the past few games, the chances have been there. It's that defensive shape and not making those mistakes at the end uh, and kind of helping with that transition. That's, that's where it's been, where has been the struggle. So I think the players who will play a big part of that, uh, were there. And then I, I just want to point out something that was was dropped in the chat as well. I think Patrick dropped it in there. So JDS, if you want to take the rosy side of it, is, you know, he was snubbed by Tata, so maybe he is going to get fired up and say, okay, now I'm ready to get back. I didn't play with my national team. I didn't even, you know, get dressed to play with them. So maybe this is my opportunity. I need to show something because there's another World Cup cycle in a month. And I need, maybe, maybe if I'm not playing for an extension with the LA Galaxy, maybe I'm at least playing to have a spot on the roster 
to make myself known so I can stay on it for a world cup. Yeah. Um, I, I can see that. And you know, it's funny cause Greg was asked about the break and he goes, does it help you or hurt you? And he's like, I guess we're going to find out. He goes, there's no, and even I asked, you know, about the travel, is it better for, and he's like, there's no formula for this stuff. He goes, you sort of just got to look at the guys and look at what they're able to do and sort of how they go back and forth. And you know, it's it just, how are they recovered and how, how are they mentally whenever they come back? There is no way to, you know, predict that, you know, Ryan is, is ready to go because he played 180 minutes and you know, they want to get, and he's, you know, that type of thing. So it, it, there's just no way to predict any of this stuff. I did think um, some of the stuff from Sasha was super interesting. Sasha Kleshen was the the player who joined us uh, today to talk a little bit about it. Uh, the LA Galaxy about Portland and a whole bunch of things. The the talk, you know, there's some normal talk in there. And, you know, I, I think um, uh, it was it was interesting to sort of hear one of the questions. Damian Calhoun had an unbelievably good question. And Damian always finds like these little gems every once in a while. And you could see that Sasha just started like the wheels started turning and you're like, oh, this is going to be good. But Damian was saying, hey, you know, you've been a soccer player for a while. I, I always hate that all the questions of Sasha are to start out with, Hey, you're old. Um, now it's said in a different <laughs> well, way, but it's like, and I do it too. So it's not like I, but, I, but it, it's true. That's you have to, you have to, to come to that. To be fair with his hat and the mustache, he just gives dad vibes all day long. So like, I get it also. It's, you know, I, I, you don't want to be rude, but at the same time you look at him on the screen, like, Hey, dad's here. You know, get the get the sunny D, you know, you know, it's going to be a fun time. Okay, I, I would tell you that I was trying I was efforting. I always like that word. I was efforting behind the scenes to try to get Sasha on the show tonight because he's one of the guys I'd love to talk to. And I, I think he'd be great. And the listeners would really enjoy him. Um, and he couldn't do tonight because he was coaching. Uh, his kids teams, right? Because of course he's, of dad, course. he's in dad mode dad and, of the year. I, and that's yeah. fine. I'll, I'll keep working on it. Even if I have to do like some weekend or like off time and I record it and I, I try to save it really want to have Sasha on. And by the way, Sasha talks about this, but it, you know, he was Greg hinted at that. Sasha was working on his, his B license. Um, and that sometimes he grabs the office right next to, to Greg and works on his license there after trainings and stuff like that to sort of get prepared. So, I mean, you can see Sasha question now, Sasha was like, Hey, I just want everybody to know that I think of myself as a player still like a player first. He goes, but obviously I'm looking towards the future and, and what that means and the whole deal. But it was interesting to hear that Greg says, sometimes it's nice to just have Sasha come into my office and we just sit there and we talk about, you know, game plans and stuff like that. And he goes, and then he gets to see it from my side and he goes, and then that helps him sort of communicate to everybody. And Greg said, uh, you know, he had known Sasha as an opposing coach for so many years and he'd always thought really nice things about him. Uh, and I don't want to play that whole part, but basically he goes, you know, Sasha is like a better person than I ever ever knew and he's the most unselfish player that I've ever met like it just there was a lot of yeah there was there was like a, a eight minute fast. talk about Sasha question in here and th that usually means something that that's 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 important and I think people want to underestimate Sasha question because he doesn't play all the time and he even talked about it. he goes yeah I get frustrated I think I should start every game you know yeah. it's like that's something so I have Which, to get used to that and it's one of those things we say, we say, oh, well, you can't expect 90 minutes from Sasha. But at the same time, when you look at when he's been brought on, he's been solid this season. I, I, I think no he, when he's been on the field this season, I think he's played better than he played last season. And he played more minutes last season. But I think his quality of play has been better this season. But just going back to what you said, I think what you just described, we just heard the origin story of Sasha Kleshin, assistant coach, LA Galaxy, 2020. Three? Yeah, I was going to say, don't, don't don't kick him out the door now. He won't come on the podcast. Um, and I said, I said two years from now. Yeah. 2023. I'm giving him one more season. I, his, I, like I said, his quality of play has been there. And that locker room experience, you, you, you can't find that everywhere. And so I think it's crucial to have 
on the team. So, so Sasha said, you know, somebody asked, he goes, he started with thing and he goes, I'm not worried about this team. He goes, I know that sounds weird. He goes, I know where, you know, what we're in and what the winless streak is. He's like, but I believe in this team. I see what's happening. We're just not getting the results. I, but I know how we're playing. And he goes, I've been doing this long enough to know. Well, Damien came in and said, Hey, do you remember a time in your career that was sort of similar to this whenever you had it? And Sasha gave, I think a pretty good answer. So we'll just play that instead of me trying to recap it. The, the first thing that comes to mind is the, I'm trying to remember the correct year. I think it was probably the 2013, 14 season at Anderlecht. And we had, we had been good for the first half of the season. And then during the second half of the season, after the winter break, we were, we had a really poor run of form away from home and we did not win a lot of games away from home. And uh, in Belgium, there's a playoff system there where you play 10 games at the end of the season. The, the top six make the playoffs and you play everybody once home and away. And after our first game of the playoffs, we lost away to Standard Liège and our coach was fired. So the assistant coach took over with nine games left. And on the cover of the newspaper that day after we lost, it said Anderlecht will not be champions this season. And I remember I took out the front page of the newspaper and I hung it up in my locker because I thought... I believe we still have a chance, and I hope that everybody else in the locker room sees this every day to know that we still have a chance. And in those last nine games, I think we won eight and drew one and ended up winning the title on the final day. So that was something where it was like it would have been easy for everyone to buckle, and it would have been easy for us to say, okay, this is like, you know, it's it's over this season. Maybe we'll finish second. Maybe we'll finish third, and, and that'll be that. But I think I give a lot of credit to the coach for staying believing in the team and then for the players and believing in ourselves and keep pushing through. So I feel that right now. Like I said, I'm not worried about our team. I've been through this before, and it takes a good run of form. It takes one big game. It takes one big play to change the outcome and change the feeling within the team. So that's where I feel like we could be at right now. All right. So there you go. A little So again, the leadership qualities, Eric. I mean, we don't and, – and we talk and, – and People want to discount this, right? People want to discount what Sasha Kleshin brings because he doesn't play that much. So how does he really affect the team? Well, Greg Vanny will tell you that he affects the team greatly on a regular basis, that he is, you know, one of the reasons and a leader in that locker room and that he, you know, talks to the younger players and he helps them. And you've heard Sasha talk about being, you know, availability is a skill, like all these important lessons that people need to have to learn to, to do that. And he's been a champion and he knows what it takes. And Again, you know, I see him not panicking. And part of that is that, again, he's been here before and he's not going to panic. He's not one of those guys. Yeah. It can always be turned around. It can always be rectified. Um, but having the whole, you know, bulletin board material. I mean, Eric, could you maybe maybe all you need to do is yell in. Can you? Uh, yeah, go ahead. We're, we're, we're on the same wavelength because I was, I was going to say if all I knew is that they needed bulletin board material. I could say it right now. The LA Galaxy will not win MLS Cup this season. It is not going to happen. And I could say that with supreme confidence. So clip it, post it, do what you need to do. Uh, get that going in the locker room. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> make it, so, make, make it. If make, that's all they needed to hear, I could I could have done that a long time ago. I, if that's all we needed uh, <laughs> to have a good time. But I also want to point out to the Euro snobs out there, for people saying, oh, MLS, well, they're, you know, they're Amer silly American playoff structure. They should adopt a European style. Last I checked, Belgium is in Europe. So we do have a European style. We do have a playoff because so, they have a playoff as well. So it's not unheard of, not the craziest thing in the world. Top 10, I, I think it's the top six teams go in, as he said. Top yeah. six teams go into a playoff and they play 10 games at the end. And that's what ends up, you know, determining who it is. And, and Anderlecht went on the run and ended up uh, winning about that. I asked Sasha 
he talked about the away form and I was the next question after Damien after this. And so I was all fired up about this answer. And then I'm like, well, Sasha, you know, you guys, you talked about your away form with Anderlecht and how that needed to improve and how that, that did. I go, but talk about the home form as well. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I did the math. The LA Galaxy haven't won a home game in what will be 72 days. If they win on the 73rd day against Portland, um, the last time they won at home was August 4th, I believe. And it was one nothing um, to RSL. Uh, that was the right. last time that August 4th, August 4th, September 4th, <laughs> October 4th. I mean, you can see where it's going. And so um, I asked him about that and I said, you know, how important is the home form going to be to these next six games? Three home games, three away games for the Galaxy. There are some winnable games in there. Dallas is a winnable game. Portland is a toss up game. But you're at home, you would hope maybe you have the advantage in that. I mean, if you're looking at the two forms, the Galaxy shouldn't be Portland, right? Because Portland has been Correct. on a tear. But well, it, yeah. the one benefit, and we'll talk about that when we get to the game preview, is we had, an, we had a bit of a break. And so Portland didn't have as much of a break as the Galaxy, but they weren't going those back-to-back -back running games off and running the score up. So Portland, whatever momentum they have, if you believe in momentum, uh, you know that, that was brought to a little bit of a halt. And so that's where you say maybe the Galaxy has an opening there. Because if you are going based on previous form, Portland should win this game. They should. Let's hear what uh, Sasha had to say about the home form and how important that is. Uh, again, my, my question. It's really important. Game. Obviously, we'd love to win all these last six games and get ourselves a home game in the playoffs, too, because I just think that coming to play here is a difficult place to play. The field is big. Uh, the best Galaxy teams in the past were the teams that when they played here, I think every other team came into this stadium thinking in the back of their head, we probably aren't going to win today. And that was a goal we set ourselves at the beginning of the season was being a team that when we played at home that no one came in here and beat us. And when teams come and start to beat you at home, then other teams start to believe that they can. So we need to stomp that out like right away. We need these last three games to, you know, I'd love to get nine points from these last three home games of the season and really give us that momentum going into the playoffs that if we end up do having a game here that we know we're going to win it. I, I think, I mean, obviously optimism there and, and you want to see optimism, right? I mean, you don't want Sasha to say, no, nah, we're not going to win any of those games, right? No, nah, no, nah, we're done. We're, we're, we're phoning that's the, in. That's the other side of it. Not only is it dad vibes, it's veteran, veteran vibes. No one is going to say, oh man, we're really struggling and we can't find it. He's going to say, no, we, we, we got to get it right back on the right track. We got to win our home games. He's saying all the right things. Uh, but, but again, that's, that's what you need. You need someone pumping you up, making you feel like getting in that, that winner's mindset. Cause that's something the galaxy haven't had. Uh, their their last nine games haven't haven't had a winning mindset. Yeah, the LA Galaxy. Hold on, I have the I have the actual stat here. Uh, charts. Bring the charts. No, I didn't. I didn't have any charts. Uh, we, but the <laughs> uh, the Galaxy haven't won at home in seventy two days. We talked about that. The Galaxy are o two and three at home since then. So they've gotten three points out of five games at home since they beat RSL one nothing. Um, that has to change. And listen, Portland. I, again, I keep seeing people say that it's a must win against Portland. It's not. Portland's above them. Here's the problem is that, you know, obviously there are other teams below the LA Galaxy that can jump up. Now, what did we see this this last weekend whenever yeah. there were games is that none of the teams that were supposed to jump up jumped up. And guess what? That's why those teams are in those positions, right? I mean, it's it's not un, it's not unfair to say that it could end just like this where it's just really inconsistent and it's inconsistent through those teams that are all in the playoffs that are all inconsistent teams, which is why they're sort of in this, you know, limbo zone. So one or two wins could do a whole bunch to cementing 
a, you know, a, a playoff position. Now you heard Sasha said he wants a home playoff game. Well, if they want a home playoff game, then you need to get nine points out of the out of that you get at home and you need to pick up a couple on the road. And and it needs to be against the Portlands and the Salt Lakes and, uh, you know, those teams that are sitting above you, because, you know, I was of the opinion earlier in the season that, you know, the top two teams, you know, Colorado and Seattle we're going to run away with it. And now it looks like Kansas city's in that mix as well. So let them run away with it and just try to go for that number four spot, possibly that number three spot. Uh, now it looks like, you know, maybe the top four are locked up, you know, from 39 points with the LA galaxy to 46 points of the Portland Timbers. That seems like too much of a hill to climb. So I, I think the a home playoff game is, is a little too optimistic. I don't think that's going to happen. So now you're battling just to stay in the playoff position. And it doesn't really matter spots five through seven. It's, it's pretty congested, but like you said, the it's not a, a do or die game or a must win game because it all comes down to Minnesota, Vancouver, LAFC, you know, maybe in the mix, San Jose, right. maybe in the mix, but also they're going to be playing each other. Yes. So everyone's going to take points from one another. Maybe, you know, if you end up with some draws, then both teams lose out of those points. So we're not in that must win scenario yet you know there's a it we need like a third category it's not a must win but it's a very uh, important it'd be really nice to win it'd be very nice to win it's a very very helpful and it'd be a statement win some somebody said this is something the galaxy have talked about we've talked about on the show the galaxy have not won a big game this year this is a big game you want to win this game to get some momentum i'm not saying they can but i'm saying that they should have the ability to fight for this game and pull out a result um, of course, they're going to have to score for us in order to freaking do that. All right. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of formulas that get the L.A. Galaxy to nine points out of their last three home games. All of them include scoring first. All right. That's that's I think that's pretty key for the L.A. Galaxy and what they're trying to do. Um, winnable games. How about just. Yeah. How about just scoring period? Yeah. Like more that than one nice. goal. That, that, that might that, that'd be nice. Yeah, that, that, that would be nice. As uh, as Patrick says, the playoffs are already underway. All right. And he's not wrong by the way. And it's, they have been, they've just been boring playoffs so far because there's a lot of teams who aren't winning. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a non-elimination playoff is right. what's happening right, right. now. They're, they're jockeying. There's a race for sure. They're, they're, we, we, we can see it happening and, and it's going that direction. Um, let's talk a little bit about the 22 under 22 and that list that came out. Remember MLS writers and some outside media and some other people vote on these. I didn't get a vote. Just again, I don't want you guys to think I vote on this stuff because most of the MLS stuff I don't get votes on, um, which is fine because I cannot watch 27 teams play or 26 teams play every week. It's it it's impossible. So um, there's some stuff in here. Good news for the LA Galaxy is that they have two players uh, that were listed on the 22 under 22. Um, the bad news is that whenever MLS was putting their recap of all of the teams that had two players from it, they forgot to put the LA Galaxy on it. Apparently counting to two, they needed to take their shoes off or something. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> however that happened, uh, they, they didn't put them on there. That being said, Julian Araujo is the highest ranked LA Galaxy player and he's at five. Uh, so that's a, that's a good spot for Julian Araujo to be, except that he's underrated at five, which is, which is fun to sort of say, but I'm, I'm dead serious yeah. about it. Yeah. I, and I don't, I don't disagree with him being at five, but seeing, you know, Brian Rodriguez above him and the struggles that he's had in this league, I don't think that's, that's fair. Um, you know, I think Julian Araujo, I think the case can be made and I, I would make the case that he's been the LA galaxy's MVP this season. He's been their most consistent player, their player who who's, you know, had the most impact on the field. I think he's been their MVP. So I think, you know, he, he could probably be higher than five on the list. I'm okay with five. If there are some other players who are more deserving, um, but, but I don't see it with the players they put above him. The one thing that I will say, and I know we'll, we'll talk about him as well, is that when this list has come out, come out in previous seasons, Efrain Alvarez always has been very highly touted and we've 
always kind of squawked a little bit as LA Galaxy fans, like Araujo needs to, you know, to get his respect. He really is deserving of it. And so to see them flop positions, I think it's kind of, everyone's kind of seeing what, what Galaxy fans have been seeing in recent seasons. So to see, you know, Araujo jump uh, Efrain Alvarez and he's in the number five spot, Alvarez to the number 12 spot. Again, not to say that Alvarez doesn't have a lot of promise, but just as far as consistency and performance in the league, it hasn't been there as good as Julian's performance has been there yes. this season. So I think that's right. The The number one was Ricardo Pepe. I will say this, and, and I don't think I'm out of turn here. If Julian Araujo had chosen to play for the U.S. men's national team, which he hasn't, um, and he went and he went to, to Mexico instead. But if he had, he could have had a similar impact as Pepe in terms of coming on and making real performances in World Cup qualifiers. Um, I don't know Mexico well enough to say that that would happen with Mexico if he was there. But Julian Araujo is absolutely a national team caliber player and could affect things. Now, listen, goal scorers are always going to be ranked above defenders. Yeah. Let's let's be very honest about that. Uh, Daryl DK uh, for Orlando spent most of the time, uh, most of the early time of the season on loan, by the way. Um, is ranked above him. I can see that Daryl DK is a guy who's going to get sold to Europe here, here, here very yeah. quickly. Um, yeah. And when he was on loan, he was scoring goals in bunches and performing. And and Pepe, well, you know, he may a lot of this could be with the impact he's had with the national team and kind of being a little bit of a savior. But he's also had those performances in MLS as well. So I I can live with those too. The Brian Rodriguez one is is more puzzling to me because when he was on loan, he wasn't. He wasn't scoring goals in bunches. And in MLS, he hasn't been scoring goals. So so I'm not seeing it in that regard. And part of that is because I hate LAFC, of course. But also, Julian Araujo is more deserving and needs to be above Brian Rodriguez on this list. Yeah, James Sands is in there as well, midfielder defender for New York City, who has been very good this year. Um, again, I don't know of anybody, who, uh, you know, uh, I think Pepe certainly for, for Dallas, I listen, I understand it. I, Jim Curtin for Philadelphia was sort of like, you know, uh, certainly momentum and sort of like the flavor of the week takeover for some of this stuff as yeah, well. And, that's fair. and Ricardo Pepe has been on fire and doing all the stuff that he's supposed to do for, for FC Dallas, been at the U S men's national team, uh, playing for them. So I understand it. Daryl DK understand it. That's fine. James Sands. I won't argue Brian Rodriguez. I absolutely will. So Julian Araujo is somewhere between three and four on this list. And he was ranked yeah. five. So I don't, I don't have a problem with that and it's it's, it, it's not a glaring mistake it, it's in the neighborhood it, it's it's close uh the other player obviously is Efrain Alvarez and coming in at the 12th spot um I feel like Efrain Alvarez always gets overrated on these things um and I, I, let me preface that by saying that um looking at this list and going through I can honestly tell you that I don't you you it's hard to sort of differentiate whenever you start getting into some of these guys below this certain mark because they're just not guys you see every single game. They're not guys that get played a whole bunch. And if you're going to give F. Ryan Alvarez credit for something, it's that he has had, I think he had 13 starts so far this season. He's had yeah. a lot of playing time he's this year and he has taken a step up. So if he's at 12, that's fine. I would probably think he's lower down that, but I'm not going to argue. I, I really don't want to sit here and like <laughs> what well, he should be at 13 because, you know, Paxton Pomichol should be, yeah. ahead of him that well, type of thing well the thing is there, there's only a certain number of players that are under 22 so it makes it a little bit harder uh, to make that but if, if you can put that blurb back up M mls being the most mls thing ever uh what we're saying is efren alvarez he's had more starts he has shown more promise this season we're seeing the the flashes of that efren that we were promised and, and what do they put as their last blurb just ask Latan Ibrahimovic, who sung his praises in 2019. So why is he on this list? Because Latan sung his praises, you know, two years ago, almost three years ago. And so that's just the most MLS thing to me. It's like, well, Latan said he's good, so let's put him on our list. Well, you know, make make it nothing to do with how he's played this season and how he's taken a jump up, which I think he has. 
Uh, and that's why he should be on the list. Uh, you know, obviously not above Araujo, but he should be on the list. And I think that's fair. Uh, but th- that just made me chuckle that, you know, of course they would talk about that one little blurb from Zlatan uh, two years ago. And that justifies putting him on the list. I, th- I think if I were to put him on the list, I'd say it's because he has a sponsorship deal uh, with Northgate Market. And that's just living the dream right there. And whenever you do sponsors ad for Northgate Market uh, and doing TikTok in. dances, you're in. You're uh, in. Efrain, good to you. You're living the dream. You, you want it when you grow up, you want to be Efrain, huh? That's yeah, okay. absolutely. That's good. No, I mean, listen. Uh, Efrain Alvarez in the last couple of games has still produced and is still taking a little steps forward. He has been able to control games more. He has been more dangerous. A bunch of things. He has absolutely taken a step forward this year. The hard part is how much of a ceiling does he still have, right? Because yeah. you're still he has no right foot. We know that and we've seen it. Um, you know, we've also seen him dribble the ball right out of bounds multiple times and try to do magic things. And listen, it's fun. And I don't mind attackers taking more of a risk in some of that stuff audacious someone who who, who's audacious and tries something silly than someone who passes it back and and doesn't take the shot on goal i'll take someone dribbling out of bounds because they're trying to go towards the goal than someone who doesn't even bother to even try so i'll I'll give him the credit there i'll take someone who's who's audacious instead of sebastian legette turning around and running at the goal with uh, his own goal with the ball Yes. You didn't say that. I didn't say that name. Okay, but it, that's you who came you, to that conclusion. Uh, I'm just, I'm just. It seemed, <laughs> it seemed like you were shouting out somebody, so I just wanted to make sure uh, that I got it uh, correct on that. So anyway, so that's your 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 22 under 22. Um, some interesting things there. Just go read the list. It is absolutely 100 a talk piece, and we talked about it. So good job they did it. Um, and I think anybody who watches those guys. <laughs> Um, and can have a real list. And there's people who certainly spend time watching all these guys and, and can do that. But all those guys doing that, I, I yeah. think that's amazing that they can do that because I can't sit there and tell you that there's, you know, 22 players under 22 that I could ever rank in any sort of order without like taking a day, taking a week off from my actual job and like watching film on all these guys. And by the way, highlights don't show most of these guys in there because they're not scoring goals. I mean, it's what, well, yeah. It goes to the Julian Araujo. Julian Araujo's stats are not going to tell you that he's one of the best players in the league. You really have to watch him on the field to see the the command that he has on the field. That's where you see it. So you're right. You credit to them for, you know, for being able to spot that, you know, with the eyeball test because it is it's not always on the stats. It is not. Uh, let's see. I wanted to get some things for season ticket holders. Uh, let's go over some stuff. Some uh, a meet and greet with Juninho and Marcelo is coming up. Uh, that is at this Portland game from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Connecta booth inside Soccer Fest. So you can meet uh, Juninho and Marcelo. Uh, you have to all of these things. You have to RSVP with your season ticket rep. So make sure you do that. Uh, extra time going on October 16th. Is that really October 16th? Like that already happened, right? Or no, that's coming up. That's just no, that's I, Saturday. Yeah, that's Saturday. Mm-hmm. So they're having extra time as well, which is um, after the whistle, uh, everybody, uh, season ticket members are invited to make their way up to the American Express Stadium Club for extra time. Eric, is that a good time? I can't remember. Do you do you remember? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't remember either, but <laughs> I, I think some people had some good times there. Uh, I, I was there, but I couldn't tell you if it was a good time or not. All right. Just checking. Uh, yeah, right, you, just saying. You, you, you decided to do extra time the night before our yeah. live show, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so I just I just wanted to yeah. wanted to see how, how that was going. Um, 10-23 coming up. So I believe that's the FC Dallas game. Um, but uh, it says it, they're having a tailgate. So uh, what are Saturdays for? Cracking open a cold one with your fellow Galaxy brothers and sisters. That's what uh, prior to the match on October 23rd, please join for some tailgating fun with your fellow season ticket members. The tailgate will take place in the Northeast tailgate area just behind Galaxy TV. Stay tuned for more details again. And then 11-7, they're doing Feel the Berm. 
uh, season ticket. We have Feel the Berm <laughs> in. Yeah, I was going to say he in the chat room. He's like, hey, there. hey, look, it's me. <laughs> uh, Feel the Berm is going on again. Season ticket members will have exclusive access to the grass berm throughout the game on November 7th. The first 400 season ticket members on the berm on November 7th will receive a drink voucher valid on the berm top. So they're pouring beer uh, and drinks at the top. Uh, you're welcome to kick back and take in the game with the grass berm or return to your seats. Come feel the berm on MLS decision yeah. day. So that's it. That's that seems like it was kind of cool, too. I know people who went to that before. It looked like that's a good time. Yeah, it's a, it's an underrated spot. You think, well, it's not close to the field. It's kind of further up. But I think, you know, with the view you get of the field and, and that vantage point being above, uh, you know, Victoria Block, I, I think it's 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 an underrated spot. So if, you, if you're a season ticket member and you, and you want to take advantage of that, I highly recommend uh, the feel the berm moment. And then, uh, you know, we'll see if feel the berm goes to feel the berm. We'll, we'll feel the berm, feel the berm. Does feel the berm have a <laughs> shirt that says feel the berm? And then can wear it on the thing. Sure. Um, playoff campaign video shoot as well. Again, contact your season ticket member. There's actually an email that came out. It says if you're interested in this, but the season ticket members are needed for the 2021 playoff campaign. Look at them. Aren't they being ambitious? Uh, video <laughs> shoots will take place at Dignity Health Sports Park as well as other locations around L.A. Members who are interested in volunteering for a video shoot should fill out the interest form below for more information. So a uh, video shoot interest form for you there. You can do it um, and, uh, and, and go ahead and do that. So I wanted to get through that stuff. Uh, let's get through just standings real quick, Eric, and then we'll get to our preview of the Portland game as we're already over the hour mark, uh, which is good. Uh, New England running away with everything. Expect them to keep winning uh, their supporter shield winner. They're going to clinch basically home field playoff for the MLS cup. I was, it was interesting. Uh, I was in a, a, a really not fun discussion today through the entire day because I responded to a couple tweets about Bruce Arena um, and then was basically said that all of my experience with Bruce Arena, which was covering Bruce Arena from 2009 until 2016, was not really uh, war like that wasn't a good enough thing. I need apparently I needed more. Count. It didn't count. I, yeah, <laughs> I was apparently I needed more experience to be able to talk intelligently about Bruce Arena um, and and stuff like that and. Uh, it was interesting. There's there's some people, and I could certainly understand why they have this view, but they think that Bruce Arena and his shtick that he has is maybe a a a bad thing for the league, right? Because he's not inviting Which, people in and and doing all this stuff, right? Yeah, he he's MLS Belichick, in my opinion. He's someone who, on, upon first glance, you know, you're like, oh, this this is not a warm and fuzzy personality. I don't I don't like this, and it kind of off puts you the right way. But once you're around it enough, you kind of say, oh, okay. I see. I see what's happening here. You get a peek behind the curtain. You see how he is, and there's there's a very dry kind of dark sense of humor there is. with Bruce Arena. And so I think if you're if you're not if you're not aware of that, he comes across as pretty gruff and kind of rude at, at points. But but if you, if you know him, you know that there's there's a there's a li little glimmer underneath those comments that he makes. He's not saying it you know to be rude. He's saying it because he's you know either frustrated or, or trying to make light of it using a, a very particular Bruce-esque type of humor Bruce. that if you're not around it a lot, you don't get it. Bruce, nothing is a big deal to Bruce. Nothing. There is no big deal. There's nothing. Oh, you know, winning the supporter shield is not what we're here for. This is what Bruce said. Winning the supporter shield is not where we're focused on the playoffs. Well, of course, because they've already wrapped up the supporter shield. Basically, they haven't, but they will. Yeah. Um, you know, they wrap up the supporter shield and, and they'll run away with it. But of course, he's already got his guys thinking about the playoffs and, and do a whole bunch of things. Um, Everybody, and again, if you haven't spent time covering Bruce, and I was a young person whenever I started covering Bruce, so uh, really he didn't have to give me any respect, and he won't give anybody respect who he doesn't think earns it, uh, but you have to earn it, and that's part of it, and once you have done that and you understand that, Bruce is 
you you get the game that Bruce is playing. And so, you know, yes, he's I'll tell you this. I know for a fact that he still texts and reach reaches out to some of the beat reporters that covered him at the LA Galaxy. He still talks to them on a regular basis because he had that relationship with everybody. He knows them. Um, and so he can do that. And so, you know, that's not something you see from Bruce Arena. Nobody ever hears about that, right? But it's it's one of those things. Bruce's, Bruce knows everything that's going on. He pretends and plays stupid sometimes. He understands everything that goes on. And nothing's a big deal. Winning MLS Cup is not a big deal. It's about winning a game in front of it, the whole deal. So um, having said all that, uh, looking at the Eastern Conference, uh, that was just... Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. I just have to point this out. Marvin G in the chat says that, uh, you know, Dignity Health Sports Park needs to change its name to Bruce Arena Arena. And I, I, th- I think I think I'm on board. He said the panda suggested it, but uh, I think I like it. Bruce Arena Arena or Arena Field, just to confuse people. I'm on board. I like it. Okay, cool. Um, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm sure that'll be. I'm sure that's <laughs> next on the on the things to be named. Um, that was a very Bruce response. Yeah. To, to, to my shout out to the chat there. Uh, 65 points for New England. Nashville at 47. Philadelphia at 45. Orlando 42. DC 40 points. New York City has dropped considerably at 40 points. Considerably. They're down a little bit from where they have been. Sort of like the LA Galaxy a little bit. Montreal at 40 points. Atlanta just barely. Remember how bad Atlanta was? And all of a sudden you start winning games and you can jump right through all these standings? Yeah, there's there's a guy who used to say peaking at the right time. I think it's it's not how you start, it's how you finish. We we don't you have know, that getting, guy on the podcast the anymore. Right no, we, we no. kept him off. Playing the role of that guy. Playing the role of that guy <laughs> will be um you look at the Western Conference standings, Seattle 57 points, Kansas City 52 points, Colorado 51, Portland 46, Salt Lake 39, Galaxy 39, Minnesota 38, Vancouver 37, LAFC 34, San Jose 33. You should watch that San Jose LAFC game. I know you'll be voting for the earth to open up and swallow the stadium. But at the same yeah. time, that's an important one to sort of watch. The best result there is a draw. Everybody knows that it's Correct. a draw. Just keep those that way. There's not points being sort of shuffled upwards. You're going to want to watch the Vancouver game. You're going to want to watch that Minnesota game. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things in here that sort of affect the LA galaxy, what RSL does, what the galaxy do. Um, you know, going to 42 points for the LA galaxy would be a huge jump while keeping Portland from gaining any more points. Yes. Portland is up there, but if you want to make them nervous, start winning games and take points away from them at the same time, the gap closes by three points and all of a sudden something, you know, can sort of happen there, uh, whether it does yeah. happen, how it happens. That's all, uh, all interesting stuff. LA galaxy still in 13th place in the supporter shield standings, uh, Atlanta, right below them craziness joseph martinez what do you know yeah. start scoring goals every, every everything <laughs> chicharito that's why that's why this can all change or turn around if chicharito yeah. starts banging in goals again um you could see the la galaxy jump in and get some of those points uh rather quickly so uh, a busy a busy saturday i should point out for the la galaxy for mls uh, a lot of games being played a couple games on sunday just sort of keep your eye on those and you can watch those uh there's vancouver hosting sport in kansas city so again uh, it's a that's a good matchup for the galaxy uh you would expect that sport in Cajun City can go on the road on turf yeah. and do something to Vancouver. Maybe you can't get them to not to, to lose, but you can take points from them. Yeah, I, I think that that's why I said th- those top teams, you're almost you're rooting for them to run away with it because the, you're relying on the other bottom teams to lose those games. And like you said, you know, with your LAFCs and your San Jose's, you're basically, you know, rooting for for Triple H to come down the aisle and and smack them both with chairs and disqualify them. You know, just a a draw would be the equivalent to to that decision. So, uh, I, I, unfortunately, I think what you're saying is that supporter shield is out of reach. It feels that way. It it feels that way. I think a home playoff game is out of reach looking at the points. So you want, except for when you play them, Seattle, Kansas city, Colorado, you want them to win out 
with every game they play because I think that's going to be um, your your best opportunity. You don't want you know your Vancouver's or your San Jose's stealing points from those top teams, and it's going to get tricky, especially with Seattle having clinched the spot. Uh, depending on the results with you know Kansas City and Colorado, you know Seattle might start resting players and not taking those games as seriously, and that could also put the Galaxy in trouble because if they're resting players against a Minnesota team or a Vancouver team who's you know can get hot at the right time and win two games and jump the Galaxy and, and knock them out of the playoffs, that's that's a dangerous spot to be in. So uh, you know win your home games, take care of business. Uh, <laughs> Gamble on the road. Gamble we'll on the road. Gamble on the road. Why not? Why Go not? Why not try to find some stuff? Uh, schedule for the Galaxy again. Portland coming up 7:30 p.m. We're going to talk about that game here in mere seconds. Uh, Houston, uh, that game away. Talk about a winnable home or winnable road game. That is one of them that you're looking and you sort of say, okay. But again, short rest, <laughs> midweek. Houston, Wednesday, Texas. Yeah. Wednesday in Texas at Houston. Yeah, that, I, I don't. I don't. To quote a. Uh, is it is it Han Solo? Am I going to mess this up? Probably. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't I can't tell you. I don't know. There's lots of people who've said that in feeling in, in movies. I imagine. So you could have been quoting any of them. So if anybody comes out to you, just be like, it was this other guy. Um, yeah. Playing LA, the role of Han Solo. L.A. Galaxy FC Dallas, uh, ten twenty three. That's the that's third game of three. You want to talk about a game that will be interesting mm. to watch? Remember the remember Galaxy got played off the off the field in Dallas whenever they played. Ricardo Pepe had the hat trick. That was one of the reasons that uh, that everybody suddenly knew who Pepe was. So again, U.S. Men's National Team should probably thank the L.A. Galaxy for uh, not <laughs> showing up basket. to that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kansas City uh, away. That's one of those tough games that you're like, that's not a winnable game. Seattle away. Is not a winnable game, and then you come home. Decision day 11 7 against Minnesota. Galaxy looking and staring at their second longest winless streak in franchise history if they do not win on Saturday. Um, that's that's an interesting one to sort of look at. Look at 2017, yeah. had 10, 10 game winless streak. 2006 had a 10 game uh, winless streak. 2008, which was a horrible year, had a 12 game winless streak. All of these things are possibilities. I just want to keep pointing that out. These are possibilities uh, looking at how the LA Galaxy are, are, are going right now. But that that's also why you've been very calm and not hitting the panic button and saying, you know, it's not do or die. Uh, you know, but when you look at those streaks and those years that you mentioned, 2017, 2006, 2008, those are historically bad, bad years, bad years yes. for the LA Galaxy. Yeah. So if this team is on that list that tells me that this is a historically bad LA galaxy team. And does that match what we've seen uh, at the beginning of the year? No, but there's going to be more sample size of the poor play than the good play. And so you're going to lean in that direction and say, you know, a record breaking unbeaten streak or a winless streak, excuse me. Uh, you know, that's right on par with those other years. Maybe this is a bad LA galaxy team. And so this is their opportunity. Well, not a make or break or do, do or die game. This is their chance to prove that trend wrong. It, it, it very well could be. Let's get to uh, the Portland game now. 7.30 p.m. is your kickoff time. It is a Saturday night. Look at that. October 16th. The game's on Spectrum Sports now. That's where you can find it. We'll be blacked out on uh, on ESPN Plus unless you are out of market. Uh, so be prepared for that. I know that Kobe Jones and Joe Totino and I believe Nikki Kay will all be there for this game. Uh, and by the way, we should sort of count down. These are some of the last Spectrum games as well. Um, the That that contract expires at the end of this year um so so it is it is finito 
um, very soon. So if you're happy about that, you can be happy about that. I understand why the whole deal. Um, there's lots of interesting, by the way, in the Discord, if you go, there's lots of interesting MLS rights talk about TV deals and stuff like that. If you really want to get lost into little things, I tend to go way into detail on this because I want to know how it actually works. If you get rid of regional sports networks and like who's going to pay for the home team to video all yeah. this stuff and upload it and who's going to be the play-by-play people and blah, blah, blah. Like there's all these questions that suddenly become in if you don't have a regional sports network. So that's interesting. Uh, Portland Timbers come in having absolutely destroyed this league in recent times. Uh, winners, I think they're they're unbeaten in their last eight games. Um, and I think they only have uh, one draw in those eight games. So having said that, there's Correct. only been one draw. Yeah. Yeah, I have the stats. They are unbeaten in eight. They're coming in on a four-game win streak. So not even – it's been four games since they drew. Their last draw was 2-2 against Colorado. So even when they drew, it was against one of the top Western teams. And their last loss came on August 21st. It was away at Austin. So something that the Galaxy also did, away at Austin, dropping points. That was the last time the Portland loss was away at Austin. And you look at you know some of the scores that they've had. Uh, you know There was a, a 2-1 beating LAFC, 6-1 beating Real Salt Lake. Another 2-1 versus LAFC. So they've just kind of been handling their business, beating Miami 1-0. Um, so, so they're coming in on a very hot streak right now. They haven't lost in a long time. So, uh, you know, makes it interesting. When we talk about the LA Galaxy and winning games, uh, the last time these two teams met was on July 30th, which, by the way, Eric, is very close to August 4th. Uh, so really, when you look at it, the last time the LA Galaxy had won back, back-to-back home games was on July 30th yeah. and on August 4th, um, and that was a 4-1 win for the Galaxy. Greg Vanny talked a little bit about it, saying saying that um, you know he can he can sort of um, what 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 were you saying? Sorry. The Dodgers scored. Oh, so the Dodgers scored. I was scored? doing a oh, signal. Oh, home run. Okay. I was like, do I need to wrap it up? <laughs> Not a home wait, run. wait. Who's who's in, who's in charge of this show, sir? <laughs> I'm like, I can mute you. I'm it's, celebrating. Continue. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. They're um, they're on opposite ends. The Galaxy hasn't won in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, two one top of the ninth for the Dodgers uh, versus Giants. Just in case you're you're wondering, um, and you're probably not because you're listening to this show. Um, so, uh, the last time they met was July 30th, uh, 4-1 win. Greg Vanny talked about how, if they can get up early on Portland, that they are a team you can take advantage of if you do that. But this was, a, that was a game. The galaxy got up early and were able to score multiple goals. It's probably one of the best wins the galaxy have had this entire season. So I think the galaxy actually match up well against Portland. I think Portland has, has problems on the defensive end, much like the LA galaxy. In fact, their goals against numbers are separated by one goal. Um, I think the goal differential for Portland is minus one. Um, so it's not like they're scoring a whole bunch of goals, uh, goals uh, more, but they are, as you said, taking care of business. The two, one win over LAFC, a one, nothing win against Miami, which by the way, Miami had like seven chances to win that game um, and didn't take like any of them, which is very Miami of them for sure. But yeah. since the LA galaxy uh, beat Portland four to one, LA is two, five and five, 12 games, 11 points. Portland is eight, two and three, 13 games, 27 points. Um, so it, it's very, they're going to completely different directions, but you can (laughs) see you start winning games. You can pick up, guess what? You can pick up points. Oh, gee, thanks, Josh. That's why I tune in for this really good analysis that you have is, Oh, win games, get points, score goals more than the other person win games. Yeah, it's great. Great stuff. But, but to your point, going back to the CONCACAF, um, component, the Portland streak right now, they have uh, away home and then away again. So if they are valuing their home points, they're maybe not putting, you know, the full A plus team away at LA. They're trying to bank those home points. They play Vancouver midweek 
at home. So maybe that's where they want to guarantee three points. And then they go away to Colorado after that. So maybe <laughs> that can play in the Galaxy's favor, depending on how Savarese, uh, you know, sets his, sets up his team. So that's just another consideration to make as well. Uh, we, again, in my effort to try and be a little more in-depth on some of the, the teams the LA Galaxy are playing, um, by the way, uh, Gabriel says, uh, gave us a $2 super chat, said, would would the Galaxy be happy with a tie against Portland? It's not the worst result in the world from a very happy, <laughs> but at this point, you really do need, you need wins. Yeah. Um, if the Galaxy go unbeaten in the last six games and they pick up, you know, three wins out of that and draws and the rest of those, I don't know that you can nine points plus another, another 12 points is not a horrible, that right around 51 points. I, I kept saying 51 might be their number. <laughs> Um, yeah. so, so 51 points is, is not horrible. Again, it, it kind of matters what happens around them. Chat room was, was nice yeah. enough to say as well that some of the teams below the LA galaxy have games in hand. Um, that's something mm-hmm. to keep an eye on and, that's and, true. and sort of how it goes as well. So the galaxy can win all their games and still technically, still technically drop out of the playoffs because the people below have some games in hands. I was well, tra- um, go ahead. The, the teams with, with games in hand are Dallas and Houston and they're, they're, they're far below of the LA Galaxy in terms of catching up on them. So everyone who's in striking distance of the LA Galaxy, they're caught up on games played, at least at the standings that I took as of uh, 8 p.m. Pacific time, uh, right before the show started. So there are some teams with games in hand, but I don't think they're teams that are in striking distance of the Galaxy. Yeah, technically Dallas and Houston have played one more game than the LA Galaxy. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so so even that. So yeah, chat room wise, um, no, I think that was incorrect. So 28 (laughs) games played by everybody except for Dallas and Houston, which means that... Yeah, which means Dallas and Houston have a bye week coming up here in these final ones that will sort of set them on uh, on pace with everybody else. So everybody has 28 games played in the entire Western Conference, except for Dallas and Houston, who have 29. So here's what I see whenever I watch the Portland Timbers. Um, I certainly see a, a team that likes to play balls over the top and in behind, right? This They're all about trying to break lines, trying to find that ball in behind, which, by the way, a lot of teams are. That's how you break down defenses. But Portland <laughs> seems particularly focused on that. They can play very direct, and when they are direct, I feel like they have uh, the ability, certainly with some of their their up-top players, uh, Yimmy Chara, uh, Felipe Mora, to, to challenge the Galaxy sort of yeah. on that back line. And so when you watch this, it is going to be sort of how the midfield is able to handle um, cutting out those lanes to keep the ball from being played over the top um, and into some of these dangerous spots. That being said, I, I already sort of keyed it. The the weakness for me is looking at this midfield and sort of seeing, you know, Diego Valeri is not playing as much as he normally is. And so no. th- that's something to watch there. Um, you know, even Sebastian Blanco um, and some of the things he does, which, by the way, is a very, very good player, um, isn't hasn't had as much of an effect on this team as I think he has in past years. But they're a very, very good team, which is something that Greg Vanny sort of pointed out. Yeah. And the, to your point, the, those are you kind of named all the all the key players that we need to be worried about. You know, Felipe Mora and Dairon Espria; those are players who lead, they lead uh, the Timbers with goals. So Mora leads the team with eleven goals. They're they're just killers in front of the goal. I think we talked about it a couple games ago. Uh, you know, when we were recapping, the Galaxy just doesn't have they don't have those shooters. When you talk about Cabral and Chicharito, they don't have that that deadly boot that's just going to you know rip a hole through the back of the net. Players like Mora and Espria, they do have that. And so that's the thing that's concerning. And then when we talk about defense, where Portland is great, it's not necessarily their defense. It's those midfielders that kind of 
you know, play those hinges and make it work like your Diego Charles, your Claudio Bravos. Those are the guys who, you know, are kind of the engines that make that team work. So this, this team does have a lot of talent. They, they make you nervous. Uh, you know, I, I think the Galaxy can match up well because of how Portland likes to, to press forward and that leaves them susceptible. Um, like the last time they played them where, you know, the Galaxy can hang. Um, but, but it is, uh, it, does, it does make you nervous, especially given the Galaxy's form. Which going back to you know Gabriel's super chat, we said, "Where would the galaxy be happy with a tie?" And I'm going to give him you know the absolute worst answer ever, the wor- most frustrating answer, which is they'd be okay with the tie if they played well. So kind of like that RSL game, if 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 they played well, they look good, um, you know, but maybe they don't win, uh, but they still get a point out of it. That that wouldn't be so bad. This this is a very and and it shouldn't be underplayed. This is a very confident Portland Timbers team coming into this. Um, they handled LAFC fairly fairly well in the game that they played them 2-1 win for for Portland also got lucky um in that uh a a VAR, a VAR handball call was overturned and and didn't really so I mean you know Portland plays well they're they're comfortable giving up the ball Eric and I think that's one of the things you look at their their yeah. one nothing win over Miami was a 50-50 split at home at home you should be carrying more of the possession on the road they love to cede possession what do we know about the LA Galaxy is that the Galaxy love to have possession but have difficulty breaking down you know, condensed uh, midfields and and back lines. Um, so you know, expect that. Um, and I and I saw this uh, watching a couple of their games. Is expect that counterattack. That counterattack is dangerous. That counterattack is good. Um, Greg Vanny will tell you here, uh, talking about Portland. Excuse me a little bit. Is that they're a very good team and and a very good um, uh, veteran team uh, to sort of look at. So. And, and going back, if you did watch that uh, LAFC game versus Portland, and I know we were trying to – last time I watched that was to get the taste out of the, of the Galaxy loss out of, my, out of my mouth from the last time uh, that that happened. But where they beat up LAFC was on the counter. So, you know, LAFC obviously is a team that likes to play with a lot of possession, and they did it just countered quickly. Mora and Espria just move forward and, and create goal-scoring opportunities. So that's where the Galaxy needs to be careful. So you almost think they need to do the opposite. Let Try to let – Portland possess and see see what they can where they can do from that. Um, but like you said, Portland that's not how they're going to want to play. They'll be very happy to give up possession and let the Galaxy play around, play around with it. Uh, let's hear from Greg Vanny to sort of close this out on what he sees from this game, and then we'll give you our guesses on this game. So here's Greg Vanny. Yeah, obviously they've they've gone on to a great run. Uh, you know, I think they've always been, and I've always said this about them from when we played them at the beginning of the year. They're a mature team. They don't make a ton of mistakes. Uh, they stay compact and together, whether that's usually in a relatively deep block or, or a mid-low block that, uh, where their lines are connected and there's not a lot of space between them and, and they protect their goal well. Uh, and they're, they're very good and dangerous on the counterattack. And, you know, in this stretch, I think they've been a little more opportunistic in terms of taking their chances when they've had them than they were in the earlier stretches of the season when they weren't as consistent or getting results. And, they're a team that's really built that if they can get the lead, they're very, very difficult to play against. Um, if you can get the lead on them, I think they expose themselves a little bit more, which is not necessarily their comfort zone when they're chasing games, uh, as we saw when we were here against them and we were able to get on, out in front of them, and then we were able to open up some spaces and, and get multiple goals. So they're, they're a team that I believe they know who they are. They're, you know, they're, they're compact, they're tight, and uh, they have some qualities for sure in, in the transition and in the final play where – with a few chances, they can put one or two in the back of the net, and, and then they make the game really difficult on you from then on out. So um, they've obviously had a good run being able to to do that through this this time period. All right, there you go. A little Greg Vanny 
um, closing it out. He talked about all, all the things that I think we touched on in this. They have some dangerous <laughs> players. Um, really, this comes down to me for the LA Galaxy midfield, and it has for most of this time, and, and what you're going to get out on there. If you're going to put Victor Vasquez in there, know that he's going to you know sort of sweep out to the side and that it's going to open space into the middle for, for Portland to control some of that middle. Now, I, I think the Galaxy match up well against Portland. Um, we saw it in the first two games, and yes, I realize Portland is a hot team now. They are, they are a confident team, which is a lot different than when the Galaxy played them at the beginning, which, by the way, one of their first games against Portland, they lost 4 to nothing because of the red card. Derek Williams, that story is obviously yeah. still here. Um, and so... Uh, so, so you have that story that sort of wraps around, but for that first 43 minutes before that red card, the LA Galaxy were in control of that match on the road against Portland. Now that's early LA Galaxy as well versus early Portland. And now we're late Portland yeah. versus late LA Galaxy. I, I, I push back a little. I'd say it was even in the first half because Portland had some opportunities as well in that first half before the red card. So I think it was pretty close. And that's why I think they, they match up well. But are, are you ready for the really good news? What does 538 say? <laughs> 538 has the LA Galaxy favored with a 47% chance to win and a 29% chance going to Portland and then a 24% chance for a draw. Now, if you look back and listen to our old shows, we were saying, man, 538 not giving the Galaxy a chance. Man, I, I don't like, I don't know why, know why 538 doesn't believe in the Galaxy. And the 538 was proven right. The Galaxy have not done well based on those draws. But for some reason, they're seeing something different. They're seeing the Galaxy as favorites. Are they going to prove 538 correct? Or is this the one time they're going to go against the grain? Ah, we'll, we'll see how they go. But 538 sees it the way you see it. They see this as a positive LA Galaxy result. I, I don't know that I see it as a positive LA Galaxy result. I don't know how 538 <laughs> I, I gets don't. it there. <laughs> um, it's XG. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of XG. Well, I mean, to be fair, the LA Galaxy's XG hasn't been horrible the last three games, so I could see that factoring into something, so that makes sense to me a little bit, but uh, I don't know, Eric. I don't know. I mean, we talked beforehand, and I know you're going to ruin my saying here, but like, would you be surprised if the LA Galaxy lost the next six games? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. And I go, would you be surprised if the LA Galaxy won the next six games? I can confidently say no. I wouldn't be surprised. You're like you're like I would definitely be surprised if they I won would, their next six. Games. I would if they win their next six games. I will I will shave my beard. I, I do not see that happening. Please don't. I, there, there is. <laughs> this is a yeah. this is a visual no medium. It. This my, is a visual medium. Yeah. We don't need that. My my yeah that would that would upset my wife and you know with some traveling for work I need to keep her happy as as much as possible. So uh, you know but that's how confident I am that I, I don't think they're going to win those last six games. That would be shocking to me if they did that. So. With that being said, what's what's your guarantee to be wrong prediction? <sighs> I hate it. You know what? You I here's my problem. You I need to go. No, no, <laughs> I don't. But I but I just would like to point out it is very difficult to hear Sasha Kleshin's confidence and hear him tell you how, how it's going to be and hear and hear Greg Vanny talk about this. And I don't think they're blowing hot air. I know there's lots of people who are like, oh, they have to say it. I agree. But I also believe that Sasha Kleshin believes what he's saying because he wouldn't say it otherwise. He's like, he would be, he would yeah. find a different way to say it. But he says he's not worried. Yeah. Yes. He, but he says he's not worried about this team. I mean, I was on the hype train ready to go saying the Galaxy were locked and loaded going against LAFC. And really that first half, I think, vindicated what I said just the second half was bleh, football and the game three of three that's not this is game one of one um and so you know I can see I can see and they're they're talking about Patrick saying Portland are overconfident I think Portland are just good I don't know that they're overconfident yeah. uh that being said it's time the roulette wheel has been spinning Eric it's been spinning <laughs> round and round it's been black 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 it's gonna hit red 
right? And every time it's, you know, a 50-50 chance, it's not. Every time you flip a coin, it's 50-50 chance. Um, you know, there's there's all these different things that, that sort of happen in this. Um, I, can't, I don't feel good about this, but for some reason, I'm going to say for some inexplicable reason, some weird bounce that happens, the LA Galaxy win this game and they win it like 3-2. It's not going to be the prettiest game. Oh, wow. They need to just win an ugly game and just get it out of their system. And I feel like being at home, being frustrated, being there. Now, that being said, with all the internationals gone, I have no idea how this team shows up and plays together as a unit. And I think if they're going to struggle, it will be in this game more than it will be in the midweek game against Houston or the or the next game. I can see that. Or game three of three, as we like to say, against FC Dallas. I mean, throw your hands up and pray on that one. Who knows what you're going to get? <laughs> That's like, you know, just yeah. throw a bunch of die in and spread them out on the table. That's your score. I have no idea. But it feels like they are due a win and it's going to be stupid and it's going to happen. And this feels like that game. Yeah. I think if the galaxy are going to win, it would need to be something like that. Like, you know, going off, you know, one of Kevin Cabral's, you know, braids and, and going in and winning one zero in like the 88th minute that that's the type of game. And then that opens the floodgates and then they get their confidence back and keep going. But I just have to go based on what this galaxy team was showing me previously that I'm just not seeing it. And what Portland has been showing me, I, I, I see, Portland coming in and, and winning 2-1. You know, that's how they beat other teams, you know, just consistently scoring about two goals. And I think the Galaxy are not good for more than one. Uh, so so I, I just see Portland winning 2-1. I'm sorry. I like to be a homer. I like to root for the Galaxy. But based on what they've shown, until they show me something different, that's the expectation that I'm going in with. E super says the galaxy need to hire a chemist, you know, to fix the galaxy's chemistry. There's something, there's something <laughs> there, by the way, you made my, you made the lights in my room angry from, from, I, I know from, from I noticed. Room. I just, I would just like to point that out. So, um, all right, that's it. That's what I have. Uh, there's your sure to be wrong predictions. Uh, we've given you, I think one of our most comprehensive previews of, of the game. Hopefully that helps you out. Um, I did actually watch some Portland games. I got some time, uh, to do that. So, uh, you know, it's hot and heavy from here on out. Um, there is another break, but it's, you know, playoff break. Um, that's, that's the next time there's an international break is before the playoffs start. I think, right. It's, it's it, the season ends and then they go into this thing. Where are we at with Dodgers? Uh, before we, uh, it is the bottom of the ninth, one out, <laughs> one one on for the Giants. It is nervy time. Uh, we can't walk away from the show giving you a result that we're happy or sad. So you'll just have to hope that things go well and the Dodgers are able to hold on uh, for two more outs here. Uh, Marvin, by the way, I'm, I'm sort of I'm waiting to see if they're going to turn a double play. Um, Marvin, by the way, says as long as there is a hammer TikTok video before the game, everyone wins. Um, yeah. So, by the way, Marco correctly calls me out, um, in the chat room and says, that's the gambler's fallacy, Josh. And it absolutely Correct. is a hundred percent, by the way, go, I have gone to Vegas, Vegas wins money. <laughs> I, I have gone to Vegas and given, given up so much, um, uh, money to that fallacy many times. It's, it's BS. It's not true. It's just what I like to say because I'm, I'm yeah. a moron. I don't want you guys to think I'm smarter than <laughs> I'm not. All right. It's vibes. <laughs> Clear, clearly how it is. Um, so, uh, is there, is there one out, two outs still? The chat room two says outs. two outs. Okay. Do, do we want to hang on? So I feel, I feel like, yeah, but it, what's going to happen is like San Francisco is going to be <laughs> like, you know, go through this. Um, by the way, there is, uh, there's a reporter, Scott French, who is, uh, who is a reporter for the LA Galaxy is like the biggest San Francisco Giants fan. Um, and he comes in wearing his Giants hat all the time to LA Galaxy games. So I'm sure he would, he would not, this is like worst nightmare for him is if, uh, the Dodgers can somehow get by <laughs> the, uh, the, the San Francisco, uh, Giants, uh, in this game. So it's like, you can lose to anybody, but you can't lose to, yeah. you know, that's, well, that's how it is for that, Dodger fans right now. That, that's the, the high stakes of this right now. And I will say. 162 games 
the regular baseball season, I just I can't get into it. But playoff baseball, it's a different sport. It feels like it's just a totally different thing altogether. And it's easy to get excited about it just because you know the, there's so much pressure on, on everything. So we're down to two strikes. Are we going to hang on? Are we going to keep the filibuster alive on Corner of the Galaxy? I mean, we can't. It's not like anybody's paying us for this. We can we can keep going. So I mean, you know, we're you're you're, you're we, it's close. I just I feel like it would be. I feel game over. Game over. Game over. Oh, so someone has a faster feed than I do, but I, I believe the chat. Yes, is the, is the chat saying <laughs> game over? Good. Dodgers win. Super. Super Dodgers says. Win. Yep. Dodgers win. There we go. I love you know Randy Newman. I love L.A. Here we go. New new. Yeah. Can, can we get a copyright strike from you singing? <laughs> I love LA. I don't know. I, I kept I kept it under three seconds. I think we're safe. All we right. won't get flagged. All right. Very good. Eric, tell people where they can find you. We can get it. Congratulations, Dodger fans, by the way. Dodgers win. Vance past the Giants. That's good. Good for LA. Um, very fun. Uh, I, I would say I, I would say one other thing. Uh, I saw somewhere that uh, if if like the Red Sox end up going to seven games in their series, that like the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Patriots and the Celtics all would play on the same day, um, which I think is kind of cool. So maybe that's something like that can help it happen in LA as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see how, see how that goes. All right, Eric, uh, take it away. So first of all, Sebastian Legette, a Giants fan. Hopefully this loss uh, sparks him to have an excellent game this Saturday. You can find me on Twitter at hammer EV. You can also find me on Instagram at galaxy profile. That's galaxy. P-R-O-F-O-U-L. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find it. Videos up there. Larry's got an article that I'll be posting here a little bit later. Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Cornerofthegalaxy.com. Uh, a lot of fun. All right. Galaxy, Portland Timbers, 7.30 p.m., 7.38 p.m. Kickoff time. Spectrum Sportsnet is your TV station. That's where you can find it. Big game. Must win? No. Big game? Yes. Uh, so uh, that's where you can see us. Hopefully we'll see everybody at the game. Remember, vaccination status, all that fun stuff. Uh, negative tests are needed in order to get into the game. All right. For Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Patrick-Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.